First Timothy chapter two is a passage with, well, a few landmines, and I could totally skip over them. And I could talk about God who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Or I could talk about Jesus being the moderator between God and man who ransomed himself for us. But where is the fun in that? There's so much more in this passage. Verse 11 says, women should learn in silence with all submission. And then Paul writes, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And she will be saved in childbearing. Landmines everywhere. So, so great. I'm not really going to deal with those issues. Um, if you want a deeper exposition on that, you can check out my in-depth teachings on our church site. But I do want to talk about propriety. What is proper? What is proper for men and women? You see, the Bible and the Christian faith, it says that there are proper categories and, shall we say, proper practices for men and women. And this week I've been having a discussion with some people about culture and there's a discussion in this discussion I shared with the group of people that I was talking with that culture is built upon narratives. In other words, we express our culture and we even build our culture through the stories that we tell, the stories that we adhere to. And a culture war is a conflict between narratives, a conflict between competing stories. One group has a story that they tell, another group has a story that they tell, and these stories compete with one another for dominance in building the culture and in representing the culture. And that's what's happening in our culture right now. I mean, there's a lot of talk all the time about culture wars, and we are watching that in, in many different areas. And every single one of those competing cultures has a competing story. And when it comes to stories, there are good stories and there are bad stories. And every single one of us are critics of stories. We're cultural critics. We look at the stories that people tell and we give our opinions about what those stories are. If you've ever gone to a movie and after that movie you give your opinion about what it is about or whether or not you liked it or you share with other people that opinion, you're a cultural critic. I went and saw Tenet this week and there's obviously a lot of ideas and critique on that movie. So we're all cultural critics in that representation. So what am I talking about with competing stories? Well, let me highlight the story that we've been telling ourselves in the West about men and women for pretty much the last 70 to 75 years. In this story, there are a lot of good things. I think that you would agree. In the West, in the last 75 years, we've witnessed the increase in opportunity and equality for women between the sexes. Those are good things. I don't know anyone that would say necessarily that that's a bad thing, but here we are and we're, we're still at the front end of the 21st century and we're continuously telling ourselves the story about how that the most important aims for women is to focus on a career and to be competitive in a corporate environment in the Western culture because anything he can do, I can do better. That's kind of the, the mindset 
of this story that we have been telling ourselves and handing down in our culture. And I'm not really bagging on that necessarily. My wife is a highly educated woman with a great career and she makes great money and in the eyes of the cultural narrative that we live under here in the West and that we've been telling ourselves and handing down, she's a success. She has hit all those kind of markers that you would look at for success. But what's the cost in this story that we tell ourselves? And is that really at the deepest level, not just what is the cost, but is that at the deepest level really what a woman actually wants? Now, I get it. This is where I get myself canceled. You know, how, how dare you, uh, you know, a white male, Christian male, how dare you try to tell us what a woman wants? I can only tell you what my wife has shared with me. I have a wife. She's the closest woman in my life. And so she shared with me what she wants. And if you asked her what she really wants at the deepest level, it would not necessarily to be, be to be a career woman. She would much rather be at home with our four kids. Now, don't misunderstand. She, she does love her job, and there's a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction that she gets from it. But if you asked her what she would prefer, she would waste no time at all in telling you that she would prefer to be at home with her kids. So why not do that? I mean, that's the obvious question. Well, we've been indoctrinated into a Western cultural narrative of what life is all about for women and for men, not just for women. And so it's largely about career advancement and success. That's success in our culture, career advancement. And so what is required for that narrative to be fulfilled? If you're going to live out that story, what do you have to do? Well, obviously, and look at our culture, for that story to be fulfilled, reproductive choice is a major issue. You can't be saddled with an unwanted or unexpected pregnancy, so you have to have the right to choose. My body, my choice, because I have a goal, I have an aim that I've been told is the most important aim to have by the narrative of our culture. And so this is an obstacle to that goal. So I have to have the ability to get rid of that obstacle. Like I said, let's get canceled, right? So what else? Well, you got to get a career. And to get a good career, you've got to get a good education and not just a degree, but a degree from a reputable educational institution, you know, one of the good ones so that on that degree it says something good like USC, UCLA, Cornell, Davis, whatever it may be, some UC school, you have to have that. And that might cost you $75,000 or up to a quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. And you're going to be burdened with that debt for 10 to 25 years and not just burdened with that debt for 10 to 25 years, but that debt is going to make it very difficult for you to not be a career individual, career oriented individual. It's going to make it very difficult for you to get married. It's going to be very difficult for you to start a family, to buy a house and to stay at home with your kids. That's not possible in that unless here's an option. You can get that education paid for another way. What way, you ask? Well, uh, I really like podcasts. So 
I listen to a lot of them. And one of the podcasts that I like to listen to is called The Portal with Eric Weinstein. He's an interesting character. Unfortunately, he hasn't been doing them recently. But one of his most recent episodes, which I listened to a couple of months ago, I remember where I was when I was listening to it. I was driving in my car to go to Home Depot to buy something for the house. And I was listening to this and I was totally blown away because in this episode of The Portal, Eric was interviewing a woman who works for an organization called Sugar Baby University. What is Sugar Baby University, you ask? Well, it's an organization that helps pair young, attractive, educationally and occupationally oriented, ambitious women with older, more established men, sugar daddies, so that these young ladies, sugar babies, can pay for their career or pay for their education and move towards their career without a lot of debt. So this is the story that we have been given. Is it really what we want? Is that really the best story or is there perhaps a better story? Propriety. It's something to think about while you're drinking your coffee this morning. I hope I don't get canceled. We'll see you next time.